Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. This is episode 10, Ken. We have made, made it. it to the major milestone. This is this is a big thing for us. This is kind of like a mini anniversary. Um, I think it's a, it's a great thing uh, that we've actually kept up with it. We, we haven't given up. This is something that's new for us, and we're excited that we got into this point. But uh, Ken, how are we doing? How are you doing this week? I am good. I, 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 I wanted I wanted us to reach this point actually um, so bad. And now that we have, I, I'm excited. Um, yeah. It's funny how people always do the anniversaries or the celebrations for these type of things. Hitting yeah. um, the first one is a milestone and then it just increases in terms mm. of your milestone by a factor mm. of 10. So, yeah. you know, the first one's great. Then the 10th one is great. Then now we're waiting for the 100th one is great. And then a thousandth, yeah. then 10,000, then so on and so forth. And then soon the millionth, well, not a million, but, you know, yeah. Um, it's good for us to reach it it just means that we have come up with a process that yeah. is consistent enough that allows us to do what we need to do without yeah. well, I, I don't know about you but I think there's been little resistance in terms of putting this up together I mean no. yeah for the people that don't know that are listening we're not doing this in the same room it may sound no. clean as if we're doing the same room but yeah. um, we, we got really nice microphones and we have a nice little setup with our recording uh, programs Mm-hmm. And then we just splice everything together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, I, I think it's been a very... Because I know some people that have had issues with recording. Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy to know that what the process that we have together has actually been... Has allowed us to be as consistent as we can be. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy, man. Like, it's yeah. really good. No, I'm I'm really happy. Like, um, on that point that you made, like, this, um, the setup that we have here is not necessarily the setup we had for, like, maybe the first three ep- uh, episodes. I think yeah. we... We yep. changed in the fourth, I believe. Um, yeah, we did. It was very bare bones. Um, it was just us basically recording through um, a Zoom call and, um, you know, tweaking that very minimally, then putting it out. Um, then we realized that that's not fair to, you know, our, our small, admittedly small listenership. And hopefully we grow, but we're just trying to bring you that quality to the point that, when I think I got feedback from a couple of a uh, couple of friends and other listeners that literally asked, "How are you recording this when you're not allowed to be together?" Um, t- almost <laughs> that, cementing the idea that we that's you a know, big we're compliment. Actually, that's yeah, a big it is. Compliment. <laughs> um, we're providing quality to the point that people believe that you know um, that we're actually in the studio together. We're not. I'm in my bedroom uh, recording right now, Same. and. Uh, yeah, and our basic set, our setup is very very basic. We record off of our own recording programs individually. Uh, our audio, um, we communicate through a Zoom call. That way, we're you know at least having that kind of back and forth, and uh, just uploading it from there. So that's a little bit of how we make the sausage, and um, and I hope that you're actually enjoying it. Just uh, off the top, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we appreciate our listenership, um, but what we need from you is a, a little bit of feedback. We want you to tell us how we're doing. Uh, we want your opinions, your criticisms, you know, get into the comment sections. Um, um, obviously, mainly through our SoundCloud, if you can, you know, just leave a comment, anything, what you think um, we can improve on, what you think we should talk about. Um, and we're very approachable people at the end of the day um you can approach us through our social media can tell tell them what your social media handle is yeah just like tony said we're, we're very approachable people um just 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 don't talk crazy about <laughs> where we're from but no no yeah. uh all jokes aside yeah you can find me at i'm mr ken that's i am the word mr and k-e-n 
on uh, Instagram. You will not find me anywhere else as of yet. Uh, soon for other places, but uh, that's it. I am on Twitter with the same handle. However, I that is just a barren wasteland. <laughs> There's nothing mm-hmm. there. How about you, Tony? Where can people find you? So mainly you can you can actually find me through our podcast Instagram, uh, ondeck.podcast. That's ondeck.podcast. And you can also find me under my personal uh, Instagram. That's royale.majesty. That's royale with an E at the end. Royal with an E at the end. Dot majesty. And just, you know, hit us up. Uh, see our content that we have on our personal pages. And, you know, if you like it, give us a give us a like. Um and feel free to you know hit that subscribe, that follow, that add button. Add us to your, to your um your Spotify, your Castbox, you know SoundCloud, and um help us improve, help help us to grow bigger. Share us out. All of that stuff really helps us. And uh, let's move on to the show. Ken, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week, it was interesting. It, 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 the The main aspect of the show has been a spin. Well, not a spin off, but like a um a natural progression from something we noticed in a show that we've both been following mm-hmm. um uh we're talking mainly about casting how people are cast in different shows and recasting and the whole uh well not necessarily the political aspects of it and we will yeah. get into that a little bit but more the interesting aspects of it uh yeah. and i think it is quite nice but before we get into that i think it'll be good for us to touch base because i think we have mentioned it a little bit before but we mm-hmm. haven't actually gone into it because we didn't want to just judge a tv show based off of like five minutes 20 minutes or you know 30 minutes which it really isn't 30 minutes it's, you chop off that seven minutes at the beginning and that one minute yeah. at the end um the show is WandaVision. We've been following mm-hmm. WandaVision. They just dropped episode five on Friday. Yes. And now we have an updated opinion because we were quite reserved about it initially, but we um, are updating our opinion. So, Tony, yeah. give us a little bit of information about WandaVision as summary before we get into how we felt about the latest episode. Okay, so WandaVision uh, is the, I think it's the first marvel mcu tv because there's been other tv marvel products but the first you know core mcu that you can say that this is fully reflected at mcu on disney plus uh following the uh kind of mini adventures of wonder and vision but they're not in the normal world that's in air quotations they're kind of in this make-believe sitcom kind of world who's created this world why are they there why is this you know the the normal for them it's 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 strange there's a strangeness afoot and over the progression of the show you start seeing the cracks in this reality and what is causing this this strangeness and uh, that's that's on a basic level without any spoilers obviously i probably spoiled it before in a previous episode but um for anybody listening today that is what one division is yeah, I, I think the show, uh, when it first came out, a, a lot of people had a lot of issues. Well, not issues, a lot of questions about what what was actually going on because we know it's called Wonder Vision, um, which is a lovely play on word or creative play on words. You mm-hmm. know, it being a TV show, but mainly to do with well, Vision. Yeah. If well, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but we all know what happened to Vision in um, in uh, Avengers. Yeah. Like he 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 well he's no longer with us mm-hmm. and so why is he here so we're trying yeah. to find out why that is the case and we got more information in this last episode mm-hmm. um and you know the whole aspect of it being very reminiscent of 
uh, TV shows because what they do, they hop between different decades and the style and the tropes that you'd see in these TV shows. They yeah. tried to, well, they paid homage to it, which mm-hmm. was quite nice. Um, and just seeing how we can actually, how that is creating a really nice story compared to what it is now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, once again, well, I think it'll be good for us to let the listeners know how we initially felt about the show because mm-hmm. they did a double episode and then we watched episode three and we're still kind of, hmm, if they're not yeah. uh, Tony, how did you feel after the first two slash three episodes? Okay, so the first two episode drops, it was a hour-long special, but not really. Um, the back end of both episodes is a lot of a lot of credits. It's ridiculous. Um, Stupid very stupid i watched the first episode and i thought to myself i'm liking this it's got some problems but i'm really really liking this i i grew up watching tons of sitcom retroactively even watching you know i love lucy uh, all of the black and white sitcoms up up and beyond like a big tv kid love watching any form of media um the second episode rolls around and i'm still kind of liking it but the problems i have with it is that I think that it's it's sticking too hard to the idea that we are a a sitcom and it's fine and I can understand why you know people watching this like they're bored because the biggest betrayal that it makes is that it establishes that something is not right but it doesn't fully commit to it until the very few minutes of the end of those first two episodes to actually show the the eeriness of it now, I think that's not necessarily a problem, but with the format that you created of a half an hour sitcom, it's kind of antithetical to that. Because with most yeah, sitcoms yeah. is that you have an episode, it tells a story, then it kind of resets and you have the next episode. Like there's nothing of consequence, but you're trying to create something with an overarching narrative beginning, middle and end throughout a whole series. But the problem that you're, you're generating is that you're trying to have your cake and eat it. You're trying to have an overarching episode, overarching series, but you're also trying to reset itself. So you're only getting weird in the last five minutes of those episodes to create intrigue. Then you're moving on and resetting itself again. And I can what? fully understand people watching it and saying, like, I'm completely yeah. bored by WandaVision. And I, I was really hoping... By episode three, you will get super into the weird stuff. And it doesn't. It kind of falls back as that, hey, we're sitcom. It transitions from, I think, the 50s to the 60s in in a weird kind of way. It's like, that's your first taste of, oh, something strange is going on. It doesn't fully commit. And I think you can do that if this was an hour long for each episode. Because you can create that tension throughout an hour. Doing it within, essentially, what is 20 minutes. That's not yeah. a lot of time. 20 minutes, yeah. And it's weird, right? Because it's 20 minutes, low attention span. You should be able to hit us over the head with it. But you're wasting that short attention span, <laughs> which, is, which is, is a weird thing to say. But by the time I hit um, episode three, I thought to myself, you lot got to do something because this is not hitting the way it should. Um, I have a theory about that, but before I get into that theory, I'm going to let you talk about how you felt about the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, very similar, actually. Um, and, and I think the reason why I may have enjoyed, I have been enjoying it, um, well, up to even where it is now, I'm enjoying it even more so. But mm-hmm. uh, the reason why I was still quite okay with it is because um, 
it's almost as if this series, even the first two episodes, was made for people like me and you because yeah. they know we've been watching all 25, 26 uh, films. They know we've been watching Agents of Seal. They know we've been mm-hmm. watching all of mm-hmm. anything that Marvel has touched on TV and film. Yes. So knowing that Vision is still alive and Wonder is acting weird and they know we we probably have been watching the uh, reading the comics. Yeah. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, it might be this episode. Here comes a twist. Oh no, here it comes, here it comes. And then we never got that payoff in the first two episodes. We didn't get that payoff in the third episode, really. No. Just little bits here and there. And yeah. so I was a bit, you know, you know, impatient. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was someone that had no idea about any of this, I would have been like, what's the show about? Well, why is they jumping between? This is kind of weird. Why yeah. was that weird scene about that guy choking on his food mm-hmm. and then we had that weird scene of everyone still smiling, but it was a dire situation. Like, it, it was weird. It was weird. Um, you know what's interesting about that scene? That scene yeah. with the guy choking was so much better in the marketing for the show because in the marketing, it's reverse, right? He can, he repeatedly says, what's going on? And he's uh, slamming his hand on the table and it kind of repeats itself in a broken loop. But in the show, mm-hmm. it's reverse. He's already started choking and his wife is like kind of pleading to stop stop it almost like as if she knows this is not right you you're forcing this thing to happen in the story wonder please stop it stop it and she's both laughing and crying at the same time i thought that that was that was a nice kind of weird that i like they didn't really fully commit which is disappointing but the weirdness felt more right in that in the marketing because it just felt very twilight zoney um, yeah, and that's what was missing from the uh, early seasons. I yeah. mean, early, early episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I thought I thought it quite interesting with the because um, you mentioned something about uh, sitcom traits of like being um, instead of it being long form, whole season, whole season movie esque type thing. We've gotten used to with TV shows nowadays mm-hmm. uh, to uh, self contained episodes. Yeah, um, this is trying to do the same thing for sure. Um, at least in the first. A few episodes um but then we have series like well almost every anime series um mm-hmm. like one piece uh we have the mandalorian has mm-hmm. has done that expertly samurai jack um well westerns in general because they're both westerns yeah. where they have a self-contained story but they have an overarching main mission for the protagonist mm-hmm. uh, with this one they were focusing on the short form but then it wasn't hitting with me because i knew that something else was meant to be coming yeah uh and now with the latest episodes, uh, which is, I think is a nice way for us to talk about it with the latest episodes, we're now going back and forth between uh, the show and what's happening, happening well, to the rest of the world. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, there is more long form, there's more long form and less with the episode to episode type feel, which yeah. is nice, which is really, really nice. Let's get into it. So right now, spoiler yeah. alert, We're, we are going to be spoiling it. Spoiler um, so we already touched on episode one, two, and three in a previous episode, the details of it. Episode four, it hits us over the head. We are no longer in the make-believe world that Wanda's created. We're in the real world where we are focused on the character of Monica Rambeau and uh, the agent um, w- w- that's actually, I think he's working for the FBI now, Jimmy Woo. And yeah, this is almost like happening before Monica Rambeau is already in the uh, Wonder World. Uh, I'm going to call it that for, for now, the Wonder World. And it's basically telling the story in, in, 
in reverse of how it led to her being in that world, then being kicked out. She was one of the people that was snapped from Infinity World, uh, Infinity War, sorry, uh, comes back to realize everything is disarray. Her mother's dead. She's supposed to be taking time to deal with the grief of the new world. But no, she's a professional. She's I like the way they did that as well. It's like this show mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. basically the opposite of what I, what I felt about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel did the, the, the common thing of like a characters like this just because they wouldn't move on. The show, even with its limited format, basically gives us tons of character development from Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambeau in only 20 minutes, but gives us a reason for us to believe why these characters are about their business, why are, are they're like that. Um, but she has a sense of duty. She gets back straight into the world because she knows things are weird. Other weird things are going on, but she's got a job to do because she's good at her job. Now, they're basically slowly piecing it together. We also also have like Kat Dennings in from, you know, the Thor movies who are same thing. Like she's been in two Thor movies and in a space of 20 minutes has more character development than those two, two hour movies combined. That's yeah. absolutely Thank brilliant. You. Because and in all... those two films, she wasn't, I didn't see her as intelligent or um, competent in. No, well, that's the thing, the right? It's almost an about face. She's a completely different character. And yeah. The brilliant thing about it is that she's a character with purpose. What she had in Thor 1 and 2 was just basically the psychic, the comic comic relief. Um, and in this one, she's still comic relief, but it's with a purpose. She's sardonic for a reason. She realizes that as, as, as accomplished as she's become now, because before she was just like an intern, now she's got her PhD in the time between the snap. Because it doesn't hit you over the head with it, the show, that time has passed things have happened people have grown it's like it doesn't stop to say hey in this time and this period with text text and expositions like no she's got a phd why has she got a phd well she was an intern before she continued her studies they don't have to tell you that but you get the gist that darcy yep. from thor one and two has progressed as a human being we don't have to yep. hit you over the head with it but them three together uh jimmy woo monica rambo and uh darcy um, they basically unraveling the pieces of what's going on, realizing that this bubble that Wanda's created is almost rewriting a, a limited space of reality into whatever whatever her imagination's coming out coming out with. And the energy that's produced is actually released in the form of radio waves, and that's why we are seeing it as a TV show. And I think that's an absolutely brilliant conceit to actually pull yep. it all together. And I think one of the dope touches to it is that they actually, with that episode four, retroactively gives so much context to the first three episodes because there's certain things that happen in the episode that almost like, it's like a weird cut, almost like an edit. And the fourth episode explains that Wanda's actually choosing what we see as an audience. She is actually editing the show on the fly. Literally her head cannon. That's that's literally what we're seeing. We're seeing her head cannon play right? out. This is how she sees things and like this is what we're allowed to see. Yeah. Regardless of what craziness is happening. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. How did you feel about uh, episode four? Um episode four, I it, it, I was such a big relief it was such mm-hmm. a major relief because i was like oh no <laughs> oh sweat <laughs> it, like it, things were going off yeah um and seeing that you know there's something 
weird or mm-hmm. we're starting to piece together why the weirdness was happening and then yeah. we started to see why there were certain weird things happen in episode mm. two and one with the radio with the mini helicopter mm-hmm. which was actually a drone and yeah. then the little symbols of shield uh i mean of sword in different places mm-hmm. uh even wondering why monica had the uh sword around her neck yeah um even down to her clothes changing mm-hmm. um that we got all that context in four and five mm-hmm. uh so no I, I i was really i was really impressed with it i think the main thing that i was impressed with is um the respects they had with old sitcoms yeah. so like every single decade they got their own little spin. They, yeah. they even showed, <laughs> it was quite nice because they even showed one scene that um, showed how problematic <laughs> uh, one decade or the previous decades were when they were like, yeah. oh, something about women. And then you saw Wanda have a funny face. And then yeah. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It was them times where women weren't necessarily respected for their intelligence. Yeah. Um, and that was just a little way of saying like, yeah, yeah, this, thankfully what the world isn't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um which I thought was quite nice. And they did, like, they, they were combining um, the traits. Well, well, one thing I thought was quite quite good, they had the aesthetic of recording of the old school type uh, yeah. sitcoms, but it was, it felt very, it felt updated. It felt like, yeah. okay, nowadays, not necessarily nowadays sitcoms, more like nowadays live action TV shows, yeah. not in the studio. Um, it got that feeling of how that's how they recorded it. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated it. I, I liked it. Even down to the aspect ratios of the shows. Yeah. Um, they kept it to the aspect ratios. So the one to one, uh, three to four, and then soon to the 16, nine, nine ratio. Nine. Yeah. 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 Which was. That, which that was, was cool. a really cool touch. And the way it pulls yep. out as well to re- reveal more of the screen. That's um, it. It's like the, the people involved with the show, I give them credit. Um, because they did, their they, homework, man. They did, their, they did homework. their homework. They know what they're doing. They know what they're producing. Um, episode five hits, right? And it hits with absolute brilliance. At this point in the story, we've moved past, we're about the the 80s, right? And it's a very much inspired by Roseanne, the early Roseanne, episode Roseanne, of for sure, man. Roseanne's, right? And um, it also, the great thing I noticed about it was a certain character, um, the kind of the family friend that comes in at this point, Wonders already had the twins, right? So in the previous episode, uh, episode three, I believe, is still in the sixties, and she magically becomes pregnant. She becomes pregnant with twins. She gives birth to the twins, and in episode five, the twins are in the cot. She's having a hard time because they're crying. The friend comes over who is supposed to be comic relief, but it's cheesy comic relief. I can understand if people are watching it and don't actually find her funny. But I think it's almost intentional um, because the crazy thing is old sitcoms, they were very mainstream, very middle America. So they had to kind of be timid they had with the humor. They had to appeal yeah. to, to a wider appeal. audience. Yeah. Of course. So, so some of the humor is very gee whiz, golly gee, very, you know, tongue in cheek kind of thing. Uh, and her character is pretty much that. So I can understand maybe a human might not hit as intentional, but it's to serve the idea of a sitcom. But a brilliant yeah. moment in it is that as she's there to kind of look over the kids, she's kind of playing like this gym fitness lady, right? She There's a moment in the scene where the scene breaks down and right in the middle of it, she stops, okay, should I take that from the top? And both Wonder and Vision's looking at it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you know, just let's just let's just take it to the, from the top. Let's take it back. Almost like 
a live recording of a sitcom like we don't see this as the audience most of the time but a lot of scenes are reshot again and again and again sometimes a joke doesn't land so they use a different joke from the writers and the audience that's there watching it will be privy to this and you know they got cue cards to be told when to laugh that's why we have laugh tracks um a lot of that stuff is cued and it's one of those weird moments where wonders reality is breaking down vision sees that for the first time because he's he's been noticing throughout the whole of the show from episode one there's weird stuff happening he doesn't know why but his almost his consciousness is almost awakening to the fiction that's yeah. around him yeah i think that's what's happening yeah and in that and moment he's been- I think he's trying to be as blissful, just trying to enjoy the moment rather than ask questions. That's why he wasn't really getting into it. Yeah. And in that moment, right? So the reality breaks down. The character, the the woman breaks character. Almost like Wanda loses control in that moment because everything Mm. is so edited by Wanda, right? But in that moment in time, maybe Wanda's off guard and that's how that lady is almost able to break the fourth wall. Almost like breaking yeah. the full fall within the full fall, and almost so like let's take that scene again, and they're just confused, and it plays out like you would see in the show. They take it again. It's almost like you know when when you watch the end of a Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you see all of the outtakes. That would be an outtake, yeah. right? Where it's just edited out, but Wonder hasn't edited it out. Um, and in that moment in time, I I would say this right. That's one of the many moments that kind of cement uh, Paul Bettany, who plays the Vision as an actor. Yeah, I think he's the yep. best thing about the show. He fully commits to every scene that he's doing, especially with the sitcom aspect of it. It's like the weird thing about it that they never address is that he's got an English accent. But with the weirdness of the show where it is now, it works, right? It works that it's almost like an odd couple in an odd world kind of situation. But Paul Bettany fully commits. There's an emotional moment where you realise as the audience, Wanda is losing control of a lot of the fiction that's created, especially with Vision. He knows there's something wrong. He doesn't know what's wrong. And he confronts Wanda about it. He said, I've noticed all of these things and I don't want to upset you because guess what? You're kind of a crazy bitch. I don't want to say that, but you are. Now you're going <laughs> to tell me now. And they have like a standoff where they just kind of pop energy and just like start flying against each other like oh shit's about to go down this is like malcolm and marie but the white version oh this is gonna be crazy yo and they calm down it's uh, that episode five boy that was a good episode. no no it it, it was good and and i know we want to get onto the end part of it but Mm -hmm. um i want to mention one thing that was quite nice that they did um it was kind of like a hypocritical moment for wanda where like um the dog uh that the twins oh by the way the twins are keep aging upwards yeah <laughs> um, they started very young and now they're they went from babies to five to ten now they're mm-hmm. ten years old mm-hmm. um so the the sitcom story was that they found a dog and he's like oh can we keep it no all cute and everything and then later on we find out that the dog uh dies by accident mm-hmm. uh, by eating certain flowers i didn't then, know that dogs could die from eating flowers and leaves and stuff i didn't know that was well, a thing yeah man it, it's it's dangerous they can't even eat chocolate it, yeah it, it's, it's wild shitty um, dogs can't even eat chocolate <laughs> we find out in this episode that wonder is the villain for this entire show she's the oh, villain yeah. to the oh, point yeah. where they almost nuked the town just mm-hmm. to protect from her yeah um, but there was the hypocritical okay maybe wonder's a bit nuts uh situation where the dog died and mm. then 
they were trying to give the lesson like, oh, when someone dies, you just kind of have to let them go. So some things that happen, you can't, we don't have the power to bring people back to life. Because they were like, mom, mm. you, you, you got powers. You can, you can bring the dog back. And she was like, no, uh, well, there are certain things that I said. We can't bring people back from the dead. And I, yeah. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I was sitting back sipping my tea. I was like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. Wanda, we don't have the power to bring people back. So this yeah. entire crusade of you holding thousands of people hostage yeah. is futile because you can't bring him back. No, um, it's like a teachable yeah. moment and also a learning moment. Eh, Wanda? That's wink, it. wink. That's it. Which is so indicative of sitcom TV shows. Yeah. Oh, and the hypocr- hypocrisy of the character. Right. Um, with this uh, trait of, man, this is a masterclass in like weaving in um, aspects of the old, paying no homage and mm. using it to actually push the story along. Because that yeah. aspect of the story is just, oh no, it, it, it's well done. Yeah. Um, let's not get too much into this. Uh, let's try and move on. Uh, Tony, what did you, uh, th- something major happened in the episode, something like that blew both our minds. Yes. Um, what was the major thing that happened in this episode? So after everything is all said and done, right? Um, Wanda and Vision's having their standoff. It's getting heated and emotional and something breaks the tension. Doorbell rings. Spoiler alert. She opens the door. We see as the audience, the back of this character's hair and it's gray hair, but it's like cut in a bob face to the front now we're here obviously me and ken we know it's like oh snap this is pietro this is quicksilver her brother because mentioned before by monica rambeau and that's why she was kicked out of the town camera turns we see the front of the character it is quicksilver but it's not quicksilver from the mcu this is quicksilver from the x-men universe the fox universe from fox yeah now some people may not know this but disney bought fox they have control of the X-Men universe now. So, you know, if you've ever wondered why Wolverine couldn't be in the Avengers, it's because certain characters in a Marvel comic book universe are not necessarily owned by Disney, who owns uh, the the film Marvel universe and the comics as well. It's something to do with a deal that happened in the 80s where all of these Disney's characters, uh, no, sorry, Marvel's characters were sold off to different companies. And over time, Disney Marvel have slowly bought their characters back. So today, Disney owns all of that, the X-Men universe now. Now, that blew my bloody mind. I kind of already was spot by this because I knew the casting of um, the actor playing Pietro was going to be in it. So I kind yeah, of like, knew. I had no idea because I went through a whole series of emotions yeah. because I was thinking, oh, snap, they're going to bring back her brother from Age of Ultron. Like, mm-hmm. he passed away. It's like Pietro, and I was like, no way. And I was losing my mind over that. And then yeah. I see uh Fox's X-Men uh Quicksilver. I was like, yeah. no way. Like with he had the best scenes yeah. in uh, uh, uh those films. And yeah, like my mind started racing. So I was like, so what does this mean? And it means a, a lot. lot of questions. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions about this. Go for it. About what it could potentially mean Hit me. for the future. But um yeah, just before I get into those questions, I, I just, once again, I, I've said it already, it's a masterclass of using the traits that we see in old school TV shows mm-hmm. to tell a compelling story in 2021. Yeah. Because like we, we see this all the time in old TV sitcoms uh, for decades. Like, oh, people getting recast. Yeah. Like uh, some of the most famous ones was, uh, one, one of the most famous ones that, you know, a lot of people in the black community knew about was Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aunt Viv, going from the dark-skinned, uh, Aunt Viv to the the lighter skin. They even yeah. addressed it a little bit in the episode. Yeah, 
And it was a great way of using something that was indicative of the time to do a bit of fan service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it alludes to the potential or eventual combination of the movie franchises in some Possibly. way. So it may, it may not be an, an, an official combination. It yeah. could just be a small convergence of characters. You know, we all know that there are two sets of Maximovs. So mm-hmm. even though we didn't get to an introduction from Wanda from the Fox universe, yeah. it made it seem like he had a younger sister. But um, Tony... Yes. Um, Ooh, so, you know, Marvel has recasted people in the films, in their film industries. Yeah. But there hasn't been many major recastings, but there are quite a few that we know of. So I want to just run a couple of by, uh, a couple by you. I know you're yeah. quite knowledgeable out of this, but I want to see um, which ones you are aware of. Mm. Okay. Are we just talking uh, so, about recasting in terms of like within the same franchise or are we talking about like the same franchise? Yes. So we're not going to include like subsequent like sequels or reimaginings. We're not going to talk about that. If it's in the same universe, it counts. Okay. Uh, if it's not in the same universe, then not quite. Because okay. we know, for example, like in Spider-Man, Spider-Man had uh, reboots. We've had two mm. sets of Green Goblins right. or kind of Hobgoblins, but we're not getting too uh, too much into that. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, the film, and I want you to tell me the character that um, that was recast. And I want okay. you to give me a reason as well. Why did they get recast? Okay, okay? this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Let's go for it. All right. Um, so this uh, film was, uh, this one was Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Okay. Winter Soldier. Okay. So what character in, oh, no, not Winter Soldier. Apologies. Okay. I was about to say, um, who th- was recast yeah, was, in Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Uh, actually, there's something interesting that you're going to find nice about Winter Soldier. Okay. So not Winter Soldier. This is going to be uh i'm going to say the official release of this person when did we see this person okay mm, I'm let's confused say the, now mm, i'm trying to remember when this character came in first because if i if i say the name of the character it just gives it away okay so what movie are we it, talking do you, know what, then? do you know what i can't i can't remember where they came in first uh, i know where they came in but um the first film that they came in was no can't remember Thanos. Okay, so Thanos. Let, right. let, let's say that. Oh, so okay. Thanos. So we're talking about. Oh, I thought Who? we were still talking about Winter Soldier here. Okay, so no, no, no. I messed the, up. No Winter Soldier. So yeah. Thanos. Okay, Who? so the so, interest. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Thanos situation is that um, in his first appearance was at the end of the Avengers. You see the side of his face. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that, that's it. I was unsure, but yeah, it was right. the first Avengers. And that, that was really a cool one because you know, so that one was actually, it wasn't even a CG face. It was a guy in a full makeup. Do you know who actually played that version of Thanos? Yes. Um, his name is Damien uh, Poitier. And do you know what else he's been in, in terms of the MCU? Yes. We're going to get into that in a bit. Okay. Um, yeah. I found out uh, a while back ago. Mm. But yeah, who did he get? Um who who replaced him? He was replaced by Josh Brolin, um, which I think yeah. was absolutely brilliant. But you know, it's another interesting thing is that in each subsequent appearance of Thanos, his face has actually been tweaked. So yep. there was both a recast in the voice and a subsequent recast in the face of Thanos. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Why? Why was he recast? Um... That's interesting. I my assumption was is that at the time they just didn't have an idea of who to actually play Thanos, and by the time they they realized who they wanted, that's when they went for the change. Because you know, all all respect due to uh, what's the actor's name, Michael Poitier. Uh, Damien. 
Damien Poitier, he doesn't really have the command. Of his life. He's mostly, you know, a, a stunt guy. He's getting into acting. I've seen him in stuff like in The Flash, uh, which he was actually yeah. really good in The Flash. Uh, yeah, but I don't think necessarily he has the gravitas to pull off somebody like Thanos. And I think Josh Brolin is a big enough actor to kind of sell something like that. Because obviously these things are businesses. If you have unknown actor X, people be like, um, okay, cool. But you've got somebody like Josh Brolin that most people know and he's playing Thanos. It it, it lends a certain sellability to it. Or, but I, as far as I'm aware, that's... The only reason is there more to it than that? No, no, it, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. It, it's because of the uh, the name. Yeah, j- j- like he he's a huge actor, yeah. and when once you're going to get the big bad that has been leading up to how I can't even remember how many films it was at that time mm-hmm. uh, when Infinity War uh, dropped. But you know you you're not trying to mess this up, so no. you go for pure talent. Of so course. and Damien Damien Poitier is is a relatively small. Uh, uh, in terms of his his acting, yeah, uh, uh, what what he's done in the past, yeah. But um, you know, Marvel being you know the nice guys, um, they decided you know what we're not going to hang you out to dry. We're going to give you something else. So Damien actually ended up being one of Crossbones henchmen yeah. in in uh, uh, Winter Soldier. That's why I was thinking. No, it Winter was Soldier. actually it wasn't Winter Soldier. It was in uh, Civil War. No, yes, Civil War. Yeah, yeah which was a great way of just saying like, all right, cool. Don't worry. We got your back. Don't worry mm. about it. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. The next okay. one is Thor. Who is maybe not a major character, but who got recast in Thor? Okay. So not that the first, not, not the first one. I think they were eventually recast in the third, in the second one. The he was recast one. in the second one. So that was Fandral, um, initially played by Josh Dallas, who That's I think it. had to turn yeah. it down for once upon a time. And he was replaced by Zachary Levy, who uh, did the second one and quickly killed off in the third one. And I think that's probably connected to, I think the director wanted to clean house with those characters because those characters were underserved. It was the Warriors 3. And eventually um, um, Levy got Shazam. Yeah, he got Shazam. Um, If people didn't know who this guy was from before, he was in a a huge show at the time called Chuck. Chuck, love Chuck. Yeah, yeah, Chuck was great. Um, and then he eventually, just like you said, became Shazam. Yeah. Um, which they never say in the film. <laughs> mm. All right, let's keep it moving. Next one, uh, pretty straightforward. I know you know this one. So Hulk. Okay, that was, if you... Who and why? Okay, so we already know the first actor who, to play a, a film version, cinematic film, a release in cinema, was Eric Barnard. That was uh, Hulk. Not part of the MCU, but I think it's worth uh, messaging because in terms of storyline, the um, I think as far as Marvel, the MCU is concerned, they still kind of can consider to be connected, even though it's not. But Incredible Hulk yeah. first started uh, starring um, uh, Ed, uh, God, <laughs> Edward almost Norton. There, almost <laughs> almost yeah, blanked on his name, yeah, yeah, Edward yeah. <laughs> Norton. And uh, he was replaced with Mark Ruffalo. That is a, a multifaceted one whereby... He initially um, wanted full control of the character. Like, uh, obviously, he was acting um, and he was writing. He, I think he wrote several drafts of the story. But there was a, a lot of infighting between him and the studio with the direction that he wanted to take with the film. And ultimately, he wasn't happy. Uh, they weren't happy, so they parted ways. 
as far as we're aware, it was mostly amicable. There's nothing that nothing come out to say X, Y, and Z. But I think we haven't lost anything by the replacement with here uh, with uh, Mark Ruffalo. I think Mark Ruffalo has been the best version of Bruce Banner so far. Yeah, I, I've liked both of them. Um, I really did feel I really wanted Edward Norton to come back, but um, I'm not uh, I'm not upset that Ruffalo replaced him. Yeah, uh, with Edward Norton. It does seem like he's someone that likes to take control, like you said, and I think yeah. that was the main reason he didn't return uh, due to his not major response to the final product. Yeah, um, he made that quite clear to the people. And I think and it'll be so, a different, yeah. it'll different, it'll be a different MCU with Edward Norton because I couldn't imagine Edward Norton in Thor Ragnarok. No. You know that 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 version of Bruce Banner because he was a very emo Bruce Banner. I mm-hmm, don't necessarily mm-hmm. see that working in Thor Ragnarok and also Endgame Thor where it becomes, uh, not Endgame Thor, Endgame Hulk where it becomes Smart Hulk. And he's kind of like, he's light, he's airy, bantery. I don't well, really see... That's ed- interesting actually because yeah. um, the Hulk that we, that before the MCU, mm-hmm. um, down to the um, original live action TV show yeah, uh, with Luther Rigno. Yeah. Um, that that was a very very sad Hulk. Even the animated uh, TV show that came on Fox Kids, that yeah. was a sad Bruce Banner uh, and a sad Hulk. Uh, yeah. Even the comics, is it, he? It's he's not a light hearted character. Well, that's um, the he thing, only though. became more light hearted when the MCU were more world uh, uh, widespread. And that's the thing. I think that's to the benefit because even with the comic books, that's what, you know, 70 years of history, Bruce Banner has been all different personalities. And I think the MCU has done a great job with that. I think if things were left with Norton, I think every subsequent movie with the Hulk and it would have been, I have to be contemplative. I have to be considering my emotions, my anger. Oh, I'm brooding. And and maybe that's one of the things that left them to say, like, that's not how we want to keep it constantly we want evolution with our characters and you know what we've been better for it because worst case scenario with the ncu movies right they range from being okay except for captain marvel which sucks but okay to really really (laughs) great right and that's been through very strategic and smart ideas i think besides from captain marvel i think off the top of my head the worst mcu movie is probably thor 2 which again made the mistake of trying to take itself way too seriously um but yeah i digress do you have any more for me ken got one more got one more okay um this one we all know so i I left it with the most obvious ones to the end Mm -hmm. um everyone more or less knew about edward norton one everyone uh, not much people knew about um yeah or even Thanos but this mm-hmm. one this is the big one that everyone knows about and I think you already kind of know in your head yeah Iron Man 2 Iron Man 2 so from Iron Man 1 it was originally Terrence Howard that played uh I think it was Colonel Rhodes um then he was replaced by Don Cheadle um now the reason for this is again multifaceted is like in terms of what's true or not but the facts are that with the first Iron Man movie, Terrence Howard was the first actor to be cast. So he actually had the biggest paycheck, especially coming off of his Oscar win uh, from, I say, Hustle and Flow. So he was like sought after. Uh, production for the th- first Iron Man movie was very, very long. Uh, so to yeah. keep him... He was the most bankable. He was the most bankable. Yeah, he was the most bankable. But also to keep him, they had to kind of pay him more. Um throughout production there's rumors 
that persists that he and director John Favreau kind of clashed. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, the combination of that was that led to basically with Iron Man two, they uh, Marvel was considering to basically diminish the character for the lack of a better word, uh, basically make his role a lot smaller and therefore pay him a lot less. He wasn't happy with that. And they parted ways whether he was fired or he left. I don't really know. Then he was replaced with Don Cheadle. And from there, they actually said, actually, we really like Don Cheadle. We're going to make your role (laughs) even bigger. Because apparently, in the original script, there was no plans for War Machine in the sequel. That actually changed when they got to Now, the interesting thing about that, which I'll touch on quickly, is that there's another story that comes out from uh, Terrence Howard about the whole situation. He basically claims that when it came down to Iron Man 2, he looked to Robert Downey Jr., who he basically helped to get the role of Tony Stark. He claims that, you know, he was the the overriding factor to get uh, Robert Downey Jr. on board. And that when it came down to it for the sequel, his friend, who he considered a friend, didn't have his back in terms of the negotiations for the sequel. I mean, boy, I'm not gonna lie. If I was in that situation, yeah, it might might hurt a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's all about playing playing chess, man. Yeah, you play the long game. You don't you don't play the short game. And maybe pride got into it. I don't know. Just like you said, it's all rumors. We don't. Yeah, know if we it's don't. True we don't know what's the truth. Uh, it could be no, a combination of both that he was both a prick, or maybe he was treated treated poorly because it's been coming out yeah. recently that some of these directors, case in point, uh, Joss Whedon. Um, not necessarily with the MCU, but he had his problems with, I think, Avengers 2, where he clashed with Marvel. But initially, it seemed like, from his word, Marvel was the issue. And that's why he wasn't happy when he made Avengers 2, which a lot of people say Avengers 2 suck. I'm thinking it made 1.5 billion. You lot seen it more than once. It couldn't have sucked that bad. I think that's revisionist history there. Uh, but what it, I mean by that... It was that, the weakest of, of all four, I, I would say, but it doesn't suck. Oh, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even think it was that weak of a film, but I digress. But with him, though, the allegations have come out with uh, with his work with actually in Warner Brothers and DC that apparently he was abusive to um, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg. Um, oh, dear. Here so, yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. that was under investigation. Um, nothing major has come out of it, but suffice to say, a lot of people kind of didn't really care so much because a lot of people didn't like Joss Whedon's uh, Justice League or yeah, the Justice yeah. League as people call it. That's what that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, hopefully things do get better uh, yeah. over at Warner Brothers. Um, do you know what? Do you know what was the most painful part of the uh, Terrence Howard uh, recast? What's that? Do you know what the, the most painful part is you know in all of this was that that scene at the <laughs> that scene oh, where yeah. he looked at the suit. And he kind of looked at the camera, almost winking. He was like, yeah. next time. Yeah. Najee, <laughs> that was the last no, time. <laughs> that was the last time, the only time. That was the last time. You ain't going to be yeah. in that suit, son. And that was the first form of uh, a fan service that we see. We started to see in these MCU yeah. films. Because it was kind of like, we all knew. Well, I say people like me and you, we knew. Yeah. Your War Machine's about to drop. Like, right. yo, what does this mean? Right. But 
people were just like, you know, ah, that's kind of funny. Why would you ever get into the suit? Sit mm-hmm. down, Terrence Howard. But we knew the implications of Rhodey becoming the war machine. Okay. That's the most painful part, man. Like, yeah. next time. Nah, nah, this ain't the last. This, I, is the, this is the last time. I ain't gonna lie, though. Um, yeah. And this is, this is probably messed up to say, but it felt good. As a dark-skinned man myself, it felt good to see the dark-skinned guy get the role when the light he had it. I mean, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on. Yeah. It's all, it, it always is the opposite way. Um, right. We talked about Aunt Viv mm-hmm. uh, being recast by the, the light-skinned uh, black woman. Yeah. And, you know, and they and they both did quite well, actually. Right. Um, There's not necessarily one better than the other. And then we also got to Claire from My Wife and Kids. Oh, right. Who uh, got yeah. replaced by a, uh, a light-skinned uh, uh, girl. That one, and that I was, can't blame them because one original Claire kind of sucked. Like she wasn't she a great was actress, a and she was abrasive. Not was abra- a bit more abrasive. Well, that's the material. Can't blame her on that. I just yeah, don't yeah, think exactly. she was actually really exactly. good, and her voice was oh, it was ridiculously annoying. It was like yeah, her character changed as well. Like, High pitched voice. We're gonna get too much into it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Come on. So what you got for me? Yeah, man. Yeah, that that's it. That, that those are the four major ones. There are, there are small ones that we've mm-hmm. noticed all over the place, but mm-hmm. those are the ones that are notable and probably the most financially uh, noticeable as well. I'm shocked uh, that you didn't about, ask me yeah. about um, Red Skull. That was a that was. Do you know what? I was I was going to, yeah. but then, um, I, I I don't know. Well, yeah, technically we can say Red, Red Skull. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't add it, mm-hmm. but no, you you you're right. We had. Uh, the original Red Skull getting recast to yeah. be uh, almost the embodiment of uh, Lady Death from the comics, but not is quite, that the vibe the you got skull. from it? I didn't actually get that vibe of Death. I know down was... to the the skull face, the the robe, sure. the whole mysticism around Thanos. I was like, sure. yeah, it may not have been a direct link to it, yeah, but I, I did get that vibe from it. But, I think that yeah. would have been that was actually a missed opportunity to actually make it lady death because obviously they changed his his reason for doing all of this that would have been a perfect opportunity to actually have lady death as the shrouded thingy but they went with red skull that's a tenuous easter egg at best but it it is what it is if you want to consider it that yeah man yeah all right just so just so we can move on Mm -hmm. um i know we've both been hearing quite a few rumblings about recasting crossover and light reboots yeah against you know all of the thing that disney's (laughs) is paying for right so um we keep hearing of these type of things in the new for example spider-man film coming Mm -hmm. up you know potential multiple spider-men jamie fox electro you know doc ock i don't think it's going to be the same jamie fox electro from the amazing spider-man franchise yeah or i don't know if it's going to be the same doc ock but uh, we also see it in the um morbius trailer i've got Um, a theory about all of that you know okay go for it so my theory with all of that is all a bait and switch it's essentially right we're expecting that all of these people are going to be his villains in the film but I suspect that it's going to be a film within a film situation. So the fact that right. you see a Spider-Man poster in Morbius, my theory yep, the trailer, is this, yep. right? That because Spider-Man has become such of a cultural icon in the MCU, that within universe, and obviously leading off of what's happened in Far From Home, I wouldn't be surprised if like there's a clip in the film where... He's he's a man on the run, so they're doing a reenactment of him killing uh, Mysterio, and they've actually cast previous Spider-Man, and they actually, it's almost like they're releasing a movie of Spider-Man within 
the universe of Spider-Man. Do you know what's crazy about that? Yeah. They did that in the comics in Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, very early on. Where they, um, yeah, where they like, all right, cool, we're going to use the likeness of Spider-Man to make a, I don't know if it was a commercial or TV show or I think film, it was actually a but movie. But they even had the original um, Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man eyes because right. they weren't curved, they were quite angular. Yeah. And they had that Spider-Man suit. And I was like, wow, this is so meta. Yeah. And they, <laughs> but no, they did yeah, a, for, for all you know, it could be that. They, yeah. they even did a similar thing with uh, the Ultimates, which is uh, the Ultimates universe of the Avengers, where mm-hmm. I think it was... So this is way before the MCU was even a thing, right? But uh, in the comic books, uh, Nick Fury, they actually base it off of Samuel Jackson. That's why there's a connection between the comic books and the movies. Um, mm-hmm. But within the Ultimates which came out around 2002. Um, basically, they were the Ultimates team, which is the Avengers, was so popular at the time that they were planning to make a movie and they were actually planning in within canon of the comic books. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. was ca- cast to play Captain America. Aha. Uh-huh. So right. imagine that in real life, Freddie Prince Jr. And I really like Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> I could actually get down with that. Yeah. I could actually get down with Freddie Prince Jr. as Captain America. Yeah, man. That, yeah. that would have been nice. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of would've, could've mm-hmm. um, in in this casting game, Yeah, uh, which we're going to get into a little bit. One that sticks out for me, uh, there's another one that uh, I want to talk about it with something else, but the one that sticks out for me was uh, Nicolas Cage and Superman. Yeah. That was at one point going to happen. And that would have been one hell of a crazy... Oh, the whole synopsis of that film, you know, Nicolas Cage performance aside, the whole synopsis of that film is crazy. There's a whole documentary about that. I think it's called The Death and Return of The Return of Superman. I think it's something called like that, but hour long documentary, you could probably find it on YouTube. And it's basically how that movie almost happened and eventually just kind of, you know, imploded on itself. Um, Yeah. But yeah. A lot of films shouldn't have happened that have happened, mm-hmm. but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I digress. Okay, let's move on to um, what we know about recasting with animation. Mm-hmm. So, because we always known it's been easier with animation when it comes to, you know, uh, recasting a voice actor or even if in case there was like a huge gap between seasons of TV shows, yeah. you can I always manipulate you know, who's being cast or who's doing the voice acting to varied success. You know, they can easily create an animated cross-universe, Spider-Verse mm-hmm. franchise for the films, uh, for example, and not really worry about, you know, timings, whatever. It, it would be relatively easy. Yeah. People don't have to be in the same place at the same time. You know, they could easily recast all the characters in the film and there would be no major difference except the sound quality and potential feel of the character yeah. based on how people deliver something you know it depends on the directing yeah. and the voice acting you know mm-hmm. the visuals don't have to change as well um, and mm-hmm. we've seen this in a, in a few films so if they do it will only be you know updated you know and the big ones is uh you know the big animation companies we have got pixar and uh, dreamworks mm-hmm. so incredibles when the second incredibles came out once again a huge gap yeah. We know the actors or the voice actors that um, did it in the first film. They've either recast or they've gotten older visually mm. in the real world. But in the actual films, there's been no change. So they didn't have to age them up or de-age technology or anything. Yeah, 
Um, but Incredibles as a visual film, the second one, it looked better than the first one. Yeah. So that's the only thing that changed. Mm-hmm. We saw the same thing in Toy Story. We see the same uh, didn't thing they in replace, University. Didn't they replace some of the voices of the kids, though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, like, sorry. Within that time, they 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 definitely replaced them. Yeah, because you know puberty is a thing. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and it's I think it's hard, if not impossible, to de-age a voice in a way that doesn't sound weird. That's why uh, I think most animations, when it comes to like young characters, be it male or female, is typically voiced by women, um, because I think it's it's easier for women to retain their their youthful voice versus men. Yeah, even when they brought back um, Futurama, mm-hmm. uh, Leela, same same voice actor. Mm. Um, can you think of any TV shows or, well, yeah, mainly TV shows when it comes to voice acting, yeah. where there was a large gap in the production of the animation, but the minute they came back, it was as if nothing happened. The only difference was they probably updated the animation a bit or updated the production. Um, can you think of any, I've got a couple, but I wanted to know if you anything springs to your mind. In terms of TV? Uh, actually, it doesn't have to be about TV. No, it can be film as well. So even if there's like a big gap in the franchise or um, wow. something got updated, I think honestly, it's one of those ones I'm I'm having a hard time pinpointing one in terms of like a significant time period because I know like Family mm. Guy got cancelled a couple of times and you know there was gaps between when they came back. Um, yeah, I know there was. I don't believe there was a gap with Steven Universe. Um, Mini gaps, yeah, mini, mini sure. gaps. Um, I can't think of one. Like, I probably know of some. It's just that my brain's kind of going blank. What, what you got for me? All right, um, Samurai Jack. So oh, Samurai Jack yeah. had a huge gap it for did. reasons, and you know, for the good reasons, because the director uh, Gendy he started become well getting onto bigger things. Yeah. So his timetable just kept on getting busy, and then eventually Samurai Jack had to end at that time for season four. Mm-hmm. But then he started doing other things, and then he eventually came back and he did a season five. Yeah. So you know, and it wrapped up with a brand new season five in March two thousand seventeen, yeah. when the last season four ended in September 2004. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's 13 years. Children have been born. They have opinions, mm-hmm. you know, within that time. 13 years yeah. between season four and season uh, five. Yeah. But once again, they updated the animation. The voice actors came back. Not all of them. Um, Not Ak- all of them. Well, no. Uh, Aku, I think, was replaced. Yes. Because the man that originally played it passed away. Yes. Um, rest his soul. Um, however, the main character of Samurai Jack uh, by the infamous or no famous Lamar Phil Lamar um, yes a black man Phil Lamar man the, the blackest man yeah um, that played Samurai Jack mm-hmm. um, another one was um, they brought back Teen Titans but uh, in chibi form oh yeah they did becoming Teen, Titan. Teen Titan Go yeah they did. they did and you know it's a lot more childish show with the same voice actors you oh know, that's interesting came back on that note as yeah. well they did bring back Young Justice there we go. Yeah. There we go. That was a bit of a break. They brought it back. I think for the most part, they had a lot of the voice actors back. Uh, exactly. Some characters, the weird thing is some re-voiced characters were almost like rewritten as well. Because I feel like uh, Gar- Garth or Gar, uh, Garfield anyway, who played Beast Boy, completely different voice actor and his personality was completely different as well. It's almost as if they grew him up, but then also completely swapped him out as well. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> really he, strange. Yeah, he was a lot more kid-friendly, a lot more exciting, bright-eyed and everything. And then he became a lot more serious in this. Let me let me talk about um, something seriously, yeah. though. I want to okay. talk about recasting, but 
there's been like this certain kind of energy with Hollywood that like, oh, I can't believe I spent like five years voicing this black character. I'm not black. I feel so ashamed. And for that reason, after getting all of my checks, I'm going to step down and let a black person voice this character. It's, it was unacceptable that this happened. But after the you know second million that I made, I realized I was the wrong person to do this as a white person. What, what do you I think mean, about been, that? I've been meaning to talk about this, actually. Yeah. I, I wanted to get through some of the animation stuff because I knew, uh, I knew it was going to get quite serious and a bit political. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess th- th- there's no better time than now. But yeah, we, we've seen uh, casting, uh, not recasting like we've been talking about, but, you know, casting of what called colorblind casting mm-hmm. of black, white and Asian characters uh, for TV and films mm-hmm. uh, from their original uh uh, from the original characters mm. um i think with the animation one so i'm trying to remember which one so do you want to rattle off a few yeah. i've got a few off the top of my head well yeah i mean it was after the blm uh, black lives matter in t- uh, 2020 where people started or decided to start feeling bad yeah about you know people not getting roles so a lot of popular animations uh recast you know bame yeah characters that were played by white voice actors yeah you know they walked away from their pre-established roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, give me one. Give me one. Okay. I've got a couple, but give me one. The biggest one that I can think of for fans that are like, you know, big fans of Family Guy, uh, you got Cleveland Cleveland Brown that was yep. um, actually voiced by one of the co-creators of the show. Um, and the other one is, you know, you got Big Mouth. Um, the, I think, the, the young character, she's uh, she's biracial. Um is it her, is her name Sissy or something like that? What's her name? The uh, Missy. Missy. So from Big Mouth, Missy got replaced. Yeah. She, you know, originally voiced by, uh, you know, a, a Jewish... Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. And um, yep. then you also have characters like... Um, uh, oh, God. She's from... She's from BoJack Christian Horseman. Bell. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alison Brie. Alison Brie originally played a Korean character... And after the show was pretty much done and dusted and ended, retroactively talking about being ashamed, it's like you had, there was like five seasons of Bojack Horseman and you just realized you was playing a Korean. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, going back to Full Lamar, you know, Samuel Jack, uh, Samurai Jack is Japanese, played by a well, black that's man. that's the thing. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I wanted to, um, that's the question I wanted to pose to you. Mm-hmm. So, Ask you know, me. just like with Apu from Simpsons, yeah. Cleveland Brown from Family Guy and Cleveland Brown, Big Mouth, Central Park. Yeah. Um, let's play devil's advocate. Should it matter who gets uh, cast as a voice actor? I'm in two minds, yeah. but I wanted to get your opinion. Right, Does it matter or should it matter who gets uh, cast as a voice actor in particular? Uh, ethnic groups i'm gonna put my rant hat on right because i think this is something that's it's been itching me for a while i need to scratch it right so let's get into it does it matter yes it does matter um people feel that representation is key that's why we're seeing it in film and people want that representation in voice acting i'm of the opinion that yes it does matter representation does matter but do i care no I do not care in the slightest. This is why I think it's not a big deal. Any cartoon that you probably watched, probably loved as a child, whatever race the character was, I'm pretty sure you you saw that character on screen and you identified, you loved that character. Um, 
you've never thought about who the voice actor was. You've never really cared who the voice actor was. That is actually a uniquely adult thing to actually look into a voice actor and say like, wait, you're telling me that the voice of Apu wasn't an Indian guy? That is shameful. <laughs> that is disgusting. No kid has actually thought that. No kid has actually cared. All of this stuff is very much an adult thing, right? And most cartoons are for kids. Now, if you're trying to say something about kids, you know, should be able to see themselves in character, they already do because they see the character. You see, you don't hear a character and think, oh, that person sounds black to me. That calls into a bigger question of like, what are we dictating as a certain race sounding a certain way? And there's another side to it is like me as a creative, right? I'm putting myself in the shoes of a director, casting director. And I was like, I've had this argument with a lot of people because they're very much of a minor. Black people should get black roles, yada, 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 yada. And I think that's respectable, especially with live action, because we see that. You don't want to see Black Panther played by, I don't know, Brad Pitt, doesn't really make a lot of sense. But when we talk animation, is about the sound and the feeling, right? If I, can't, if I have an audition, 10 people, nine of them, and let's say it's for um, character X that happens to be Vietnamese, right? The character is Vietnamese, but doesn't actually speak with an accent. He just, he's just got a Western sounding accent. He speaks English. He doesn't have a typical Vietnamese accent, right? If I'm doing the casting and I'm looking for a very particular sound, because he grew up in Detroit, I want somebody that can do at least, you know, a Detroit accent because Detroit is not the same as New York, which New York is not the same as California. But I'm going for that specific vibe. Ten people go for the audition. Most of them sucks. And the one person that actually won is actually a good voice actor and actually he's got the sound that I'm looking for, doesn't happen to be Vietnamese, happens to be, I don't know, um, Indian, happens to be black, happens to be white. Got to make an executive decision because guess what? I have a timetable. I got to get this product out when it's due. I'm going to pick the best person for the job. Hopefully it's innocent. Hopefully it doesn't come from a place of racism that is like, no, no, I only deal with whites up in my production. That's the hope, right? But essentially, you want the best person for the job. That's my rant over. Yeah, no, no. I, I agree um, a lot of your points. Um, for me, if, uh, if the biggest thing for me is if there was equal opportunity for all characters, then mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah, cool. It shouldn't matter. But, you know, I don't agree... I don't agree for when these characters or these voice actors decided, no, no, I'm going to revoke my role and give it back to black people. I don't, I don't, I don't agree for when they did it, mm. but I'm happy it happened. You know, but it's uh, about damn time. Like roles are limited for a lot of uh, groups of people mm. and, you know, roles that could easily go to, you know, people of the BAME group, then you should, Get, get, get it to them I love your example of you know someone from a specific place that you want to sound a specific type of way you know those are some of the caveats or the more grey aspects for where like you know it might be easier to cast like that yeah. but when it's like a character that is just black there, there, there there's nothing else and we know that there's a, a very very is lacking in terms of availability for roles. Yeah, then yeah. Let's try and get more diversity into it's, it. It's one of those ones. You know, it's, it's a nuanced thing. If I think if it, if it's something as complicated as your pick, you're creating a character that's typically stereotypical, right? And I mm. use typical twice within and once within a word. But if if the character is stereotypical and you want a certain sound 
And let's say he's a black guy from the streets of Harlem and you want him to sound like that. And your idea is to cast a white guy doing a black voice, doing it from a Harlem, right? The bigger issue, not only is it that you chose to cast a white person, is that you chose in your mind to create a stereotypical character. You didn't want to choose a create a layered character, an interesting character. You wanted the stereotype. That is the bigger issue right there. You just added the icing on top that is said like, well, yeah. I'm going to get a white person to do it. It's like, you, you fucked up once, you fucked up twice. You didn't have to go the, the route of like, oh, he's from Harlem. What does Harlem sound like? He's like, hey, yo, what up, dog? I'm from Harlem. Harlem, stand up. Like, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> you know, there's loads of different yeah. people in Harlem. People in Harlem might have a regional accent, but they, they're not all the same thing. But in your two-dimensional mind, that's what you've created. There's layers yeah. to this stuff, and you just layered shit upon shit. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. Yeah, um, and, and that's why it's so controversial. That's why people get quite up in arms by it. Mm. There's some things that people blow out of proportion. But once again, I'm not trying to make this episode about uh, a lot about this. Mm. Um, I, I do want to touch on some of the more interesting aspects of it. Yeah, for example, there there's been roles that are you know white, kind of mm -hmm. played by non-white uh, voice actors. Yeah, um, it, it's strictly with animation, and we, we can get into live action in a bit. Yeah. Such as we mentioned it before. I know that we haven't mentioned it. We've mentioned the voice actor, uh, Phil Lamar. He played Aquaman in the God Among uh, Among Us video game. Mm -hmm. You know, played by the you know, and you know he, he. If people don't know who this guy is, he's so legendary. Like he was the black guy that got you know off in Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, another one is well, uh, once again the black Asian uh, or mi minority have thrived as characters, which I think is quite interesting. They've thrived as characters that are not necessarily human or look distinctly uh, not human. Mm -hmm. So not saying that other races haven't played characters yeah. uh, like this, but, you know, I've seen BAME characters have frequented this space quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, Steven Universe cast. I don't know if you've ever had a look at Steven Universe's cast. It is bloody diverse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but once again, they're, they're not black or white because the characters are... Aliens. You know, the aliens. The gems. The aliens. There they're, they're are no gendered aliens yeah. and, and, and it's, it's great. Uh, for example, we have the Martian Manhunter. Mm -hmm. um, almost exclusively Martian Manhunter has been played by black characters. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy mm -hmm. Part 2. Uh, we've got Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got, uh, well, this next one, I think you're going to find quite interesting. It's a bit weird. The film hasn't come out yet or the character hasn't come out in live action yet. Um, and he's not necessarily an alien, but he's so far away from what people see as human mm. that people might be like, oh, okay, this is a bit weird. But once again, um, black characters or Asian characters have um, embodied these not quite human characters more so. Yeah. Um, and the character I'm talking about is Kang the Conqueror. Do you know who Kang the Conqueror is going to be played by? He's going to be played by Jonathan Major, another black man. Exactly. Mm. Another, like, and, you know, I'm excited for it because, once again, opportunity. It just feels like opportunity comes when you're not human <laughs> or you don't look entirely You know what's the crazy thing about uh, Kang the Conqueror? I think, one, he's a perfect character to bring into MCU because he's always kind of been a major uh, villain in terms of the comic book. He's like a, mm -hmm. a time-based uh villain right great thing about Kang you know is pardon oh yeah gone gone do i know i was, I was gonna ask you if, if you know his origin like who he is 
and who his relatives are. It's complicated, but the, I know his, his origin has changed quite a few times because he uh-huh. technically was another character before who went back in time to become a pharaoh. Uh, yeah. And he was like a Fantastic Four villain at the time. Yeah, he was apparently as well uh, the distant relate, uh, distantly related to Reed Reaches yes. from the 31st century. Yes. Um, also, a younger you know, version of himself was Iron Lad for the uh, Young Avengers. Which is so twisted yes. <laughs> in terms of the story. In but, terms of you know. timey-wimey shit. But um, the great thing yeah. about that character is that for the most part, when you see him... Now, in the comic books, he's very much depicted as caucasian when you see him outside of his suit uh yes but when you see kang uh, he's green and purple you know he's this yep, mysterious yeah. being in a green and purple suit his face is mostly painted purple and it doesn't really matter what race he is really um no i think it it's just for the sake of if they do create a connection between him and Reed riches it's like he's from the distant future he could be any race because guess what over time people intermingle you know, you have some black people that track back their fucking family history and they find white people in there because of, and guess what, fine. colonial rape. It happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> but very, very true. It happens. Um, we, we have some characters that were depicted from comic books, mm-hmm. depicted as as white, just like you said with Kang. Yeah. And I just, came up, I just remembered another one. And that was uh, Aquaman. Yes, who's now tr- played by Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. He was uh, architect, like, but you, I guess he's not quite an alien. Or, but, but I guess he's not necessarily from the world like normal. But with the game for sure, mm-hmm. um, just like Superman, Aquaman are not necessarily from this world. Maybe Aquaman closer because he's from the sea, yeah. from Earth. Superman is uh, from another world. Do you but know that once again played or designed specifically like uh, this is the crazy people, thing, but, right? Yeah. When you think about something, a, a character, both Superman and Aquaman, neither of them actually human. Aquaman, he's an earthling, sure, but he's a half, he ain't, he's, a, he ain't human. he's a fisherman, right? He's a fisherman. He's, he's a fisherman. Right? Yeah. So. Half fisherman now. Yeah, half, half fisherman. I think he may have always yeah. been half fisherman, right? But. Oh, okay. Superman is not human. It's just the benefit of the creators creating that his alien race looks like humans but could you imagine the uproar if like people have wanted this for years but michael b jordan <laughs> being cast as superman people will blow their nuts like how can how can how can this black man play superman you know superman is white you know a black man can't play superman it's like no Su- superman's kryptonian <laughs> it's like yeah it just happens to be the case that like Krypton yeah, are yeah. mostly uh, uh, the crazy thing is in most of the comic books right and it's not until uh, not until recently but in most of the comic books when they depict Krypton it's all white faces it's like it's like yeah, a planet yeah, of yeah. whites you know there's no yeah, black yeah. men's in sight there's <laughs> no black men's <laughs> why are you saying that I just like saying black man <laughs> as black man like almost like it's a surname uh, that's like uh, uh, Mr. Freeman from um, Boondocks. Yeah. Free man. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, it's Freeman. But that's like, where it comes yeah. from, though. When you, when you were... Yeah, no, that's why that's I said it. Yeah. It so I'm going to be saying Blackman from, 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 right, from now on. But like, yeah. an, another one that's going to be, you know, uh, I think there's going to be shock. But it's related also to Idris Elba. But Aldous Hodge, who you may know from, uh, he was in Friday Night Lights. Uh, the TV series. Uh, he was in Leverage, recent movie, uh, One Night in Miami. 
mm-hmm. he is going to be playing Hawkman in the upcoming uh, Black Adam film uh, alongside The Rock. Now, Hawkman, Sorry. who pretty much has 100% been depicted as a white man in the comic books, in multiple medias, whether it be animated or, or video games, uh, has always been white. Now he's a, he's a black man. And I'm waiting for the outrage for that because there was a massive outrage when Idris Elba was cast as um, Heimdall, Heimdall in the in the Thor movies because was there outrage with Hawkgirl in um, in the Legends of Tomorrow? No, there was no uh, uh, outrage about that show besides that. Is, well, the only outrage that came with Legends of Tomorrow is the fact that it was still on the air because that show sucks. Ah, so you know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure it's, it's, yeah you, you're guilty of crimes against humanity for watching that show you're one of the reasons why it's still in the air they, they get pity watches so that's what's keeping their ratings up that show is terrible <laughs> yeah it's not spectacular no man. so but yeah there's there's gonna be like when it's smaller screen there's outrage but it's 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 relegated to a smaller pool the bigger the the scope or the platform i.e. a movie the bigger that, you know, the like, you know, these, these M-words are taking our jobs, you know, that, that kind of rhetoric. Well, let, let's get into it because I've got, I got a few examples of this. You know, we, we've seen not, you know, necessarily uh, recasting or colorblind, mm-hmm. uh, casting of black and so on and so forth. Um, you know, what about, can you come up with examples for where, you know, they were depicted as white in the comics, yeah. but got recast from TV shows or films as other ethnic groups. I know you know a few. Yeah. I've got a few here. I just want to know what ones uh, come to your mind straight away. We've already mentioned Heimdall, mm-hmm. Idris Elba's uh, Heimdall. Yeah. Um, what other ones do you know? I've got some ones that you might not know, yeah. not necessarily from comics. This is from different media, but yeah, go for it. Okay, so which um, ones? You know, I think of ones the, do you know? the Flash, the West family. Uh, they were all whites yes. in the uh in the in the comic books and now they they're played by blackmans but i think that might have been more influenced with the comic books because near that time was new 52 and they did change the west family uh especially wally oh, west so it happened in the comics first i thought it happened in the show first before they changed no so it. with the new 52 they introduced the new wally west who was i think biracial uh because i think uh iris west was still white uh, but her nephew was a black man. Right. So he right. was actually, I think he was biracial. Another one is, um, let me think. What else is there? There's, there's... Well, let's, let's, well, while you're thinking, I'll, 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 I'll put one okay. out there. Um, one that we have seen, which is quite nice. It was in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hugo Strange in the comic, it was white. And he's now played or was played because the show's done yeah. uh, by an Asian actor. See, now the interesting in thing about Dr. Hugo Strange, in terms of his origins, most people don't know this, but Hugo Strange was actually technically Batman's first ever villain. Maybe not a super villain, but he was actually mm. Batman's first villain. In the early days of the comic books, Batman only just kind of fought like petty thugs and stuff. But in terms of like big ongoing villain Hugo Strange actually predates the Joker they never actually and I guess it's like the nature of the time you know the default was white but they never had to mention what the race of a villain was because if you really think about it what race is the Joker we assume that he's Caucasian especially with you know the um 
the killing joke when you actually see him before he's transformed. But the comic books has established that there's actually multiple Jokers out there. And it's almost like... I, I don't think it was ever stated, but people just assume. You just assume, right? You see a pale face in a comic book. It's easy to say, oh, my translation of that is that he's white. Because if he yeah. was any other race, oh, he requires an accent. So Hugo Strange, you know, for the most part, he's got the beard, he's got the glasses that kind of obscure his eyes and he's got a bald head and he's got a lab coat. He could be, he could have been Asian from the very beginning. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. We never really got to see his eyes of his uh, circle glasses. And I can't actually, there might be an issue out there where there's like a brief that, uh, you know, a file said like Caucasian male, Dr. Hugo Strange. But I can't think of yeah. the top of my head any point in time in any comic books that they've actually mentioned what race Hugo Strange is. So he may well actually have been always Asian. And because uh, yeah, I think which is interesting. before Gotham, there was actually no actual live action representation of Hugo Strange. It's always only been in the animated form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. What else? What, um, which other the, character can you think of? Uh, well, we've we got ones that we all know. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. Yes. Um, obviously that got changed in the comics as well yes. we have the Human Torch Michael B. Jordan yes yes which was that, that was that was an interesting one mm -hmm. um, maybe a couple more comic book ones um, we have A-Train from The Boys I remember us talking yes. about that a little a bit A-Train and A -Train The Deep one. both of them were switched A-Train and The Deep yes. yeah yeah they, a little bit switcheroo mm -hmm. uh, coming away from comics we have um, the Annie film the Black Annie film with Jamie Foxx yes they uh, completely changed the entire cast mm -hmm. to be uh, predominantly black. Yes. Um, we have a uh, similar thing with that. Uh, I don't know if it was a Disney film, but the Brandy Cinderella film. Mm -hmm. Now that was a mixed bag mm -hmm. <laughs> um, of, of different races. Some of those, the King would, some of those race yeah. changes, I guess it's fantasy, but like, it doesn't even make sense. Yo, it, it was wild <laughs> because we had the King that was white. Um, His wife the, is black. The queen that was Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg was black. Yeah. And the Prince, Surprise, surprise. Was Asian. <laughs> he was he was Asian. I'm assuming that actor is Asian. Black. He might he might be Samoan. Sometimes you make the mistake that some actors are Asian but they're actually Which is fine. Yeah. He wasn't a product of a black queen and a white. You don't king. you don't not know that, Ken. How dare you presume to know how genetics Tony, work? Don't 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 even don't even give me that, man. I'm just saying, man, it's like you're assuming that genetics works like that. But there have been cases in, in history where sometimes genes from a previous generation manifest like uh, i remember reading an article when i was really young back in secondary school um mm -hmm. of a girl she was she was born uh as a black man like brown brown skin she retained actually some caucasian features like her lips and her nose but both her parents were actually uh white this was uh, in south africa during apartheid so her family had they had a really rough time because because of how she looked she had to, um, and back in the apartheid, they you had to have an ID identifying yourself as Afrikaans, uh, or not, bro. I already what people. I already know what people are saying about the mums, though, mm -hmm. because what do you mean you're white and your child comes out a different color than you? They think the mum was doing madness, and it wasn't. They, they, it wasn't like, like the kid nah, was the same. No, that's the thing. The kid wasn't. I know, I know, I know. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But people will still make those comments. Like, no, no, how is this possible? You're not the Virgin Mary type thing situation yeah. how is this happening so yeah very very dark um one of the biggest um one of the biggest uh problem well no the worst offenders 
because this is a worse offender. All the other ones were like, all right, cool, you understand why there was character change or, you know, it doesn't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest offenders that now coined the term race bending yes. was M. Night Shyamalan's Last Airbender. Yes. Where they more or less made all the characters that were um, uh, from the Water Tribe white, mm-hmm. all the characters from the Earth Tribe uh Asian mm-hmm. and all everyone from the Fire Nation, <laughs> India. Yeah. So well, that's 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 clarify. So when we say Ain't Asian, that, we mean East Asian, and when we mean East Asian, and uh, the Fire Nation was uh, Southern Asian. So the you know Indians yeah. and Pakistani, Bengali, places like that. That was a weird casting. It man. was. That was. That was. I get what he was, was trying to go for in terms of the drama. I think he was trying yeah, to create like yeah. a visual identity of geography, but. Exactly. For the most yeah. part, watching The Last Airbender, I think I just took it as a given that all of these characters are East Asian. And I'm, I was okay with that. And the, the crazy thing about the film is that it wasn't the fact that they chose to go East Asian, South Asian with some of the cast. It's the fact that two, three of our main characters were... I think the young boy might have been mixed that played um, Ang, or as they said, Ang, which was, I don't know why they went Ang. No, that boy is white, white, man. Yeah, again, I'm not too sure. Uh, But Saka, or as they said, Soka, and uh, Katara were cast as white, white people, Um, which that was the biggest issue of it. It's like... Your villains are brown. I mean, the, 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 the film had a lot of issues, but that was the biggest that, issue. That, that was a, that's the thing. If it was a, if it was at least a good film, we can actually have a greater conversation about the race yeah, switching. Better discussion. You created the idea that the villains are brown, the impoverished, oppressed people are yellow, but the heroes of the story are white. Yeah, yeah. Which is messed up. Now. Um, Tony, yeah. I know you're aware of some of these films, and I've got uh, I've got three of them here mm-hmm. just to make life a bit easier for us. But there are films where there are white actors playing well ethnic characters yeah. in uh, in their own in their own films. Some of them outrageous, mm-hmm. some of them horrible, mm-hmm. uh, some of them are bad. Okay. But I've only got three, so um, not so bad. At the top of your mind, can you think of any that were just terrible when you knew it was a white actor playing a uh, a, a black character not a, a a character made for black people like the character is supposed to be you know like ethnic and they just got a white person instead. see um okay so the biggest one that i know it was emma stone in uh some some crappy rom-com film where the character was supposed to be polynesian as in like you know hawaiian oh, yeah. and they decided to uh cast the whitest of whiteman's uh, Emma Stone. Uh, I don't even think she's got like an eighth of ethnic in her. Um, there's another one where they got Angelina Jolie. So, uh, I think it was yep. a, a directorial was debut. A she basically cast herself as a an ethnic person. I think the character in reality was uh, biracial, I believe, half black, half white. Yep. That's um, it, yeah. But the one that comes off the top of my head because it's mostly like I can't call that a violation but it is kind of a violation but it's a violation that i'm cool with is robert downey jr in uh, tropic thunder as a white oh, guy playing yeah. a black guy within a movie but there's actually a white guy so that's kind of like uh, a snake eating itself well, that, that that one's a bit funny yeah. because um we know it it was commentary on that type of dealings that happened yes 
in in films. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm letting that slide, mm-hmm. but I, I do understand the comedy behind mm-hmm. that. It wasn't intentional. It was intentional, but you know, as satire. There's um, another similar film to that. Uh, I think it was sometime yeah. in the. I'm gonna say the '80s, uh, and the, uh, I can't remember the, the the name of the film, but the whole premise of it is that this white guy discovers that blackmans in university get to get their tuition paid for them in this specific university. I think it was a um, one of the LCBCUs. I, I, I probably pronounced that incorrectly, but uh, a a black university, and so he basically does blackface to try and fit in so he can get oh, the grant yeah. and attend oh, the yeah. university I, yeah yeah but yeah. that was like I, the, I've, I've heard of yeah it. that was the point of the actual film but oh lord the execution <laughs> was a bit like no this is this is not uh, your message is lost because you did it really poorly but again it's not really what you ask yeah. but it just it was funny it came to mind yeah that that's hilarious yeah. um, give, me, give me the examples yeah, I've got Tongo from Last uh, Long Ranger, Johnny Depp. Oh, right. See, that's different. He claims a percentage of him is Native American. I feel like it's like a hot thing for <laughs> white actors to do, to come out and okay. say like, oh, I've got a okay. percentage of ethnic in me, so that's why it's okay. Mm. Okay, Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, another one is, uh, did you ever watch the, do you know, do you know what, kids, young kids wouldn't know about mm-hmm. this. Even people just maybe one generation ahead of us. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, uh, or behind us, sorry, yeah. wouldn't know about this one. Uh, short Circuit. Do you remember uh, the oh, Short Circuit? Oh, no, series? where they did brown 25. face. Uh, Bro. Yeah, Bro. the white guy playing the People Indian. don't know. Oh, my God. Like, And he had a full-on accent, the makeup and everything. Oh, but he, when I first geez. found this out, that it was actually a white guy and not an actual Asian yeah. Indian person playing it, I didn't want to believe it because I was like, nah, nah, he's... He, he, it was obviously Indian. Do you know what though? But no, it was, it's one of those ones. It was... wasn't obvious Indian. <laughs> I remember watching that and thinking, "There's something not quite right about this." Yo, guy. right? <laughs> then you get the thing is like, I knew it, but God damn you, you tried, you tried it, you tried it. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, wow. Is there any more? Uh, no. The thing I had up was not necessarily in this uh, vein. Mm. I wish I did a bit more research into. You it. know what? There's uh, actually there's one. another actually an old one. It's um I think oh, yeah. it's um so he he's famous. He was the one that's famous for doing Citizen Kane. Um, I don't know if you uh, know the actor. Uh, I think it's Orson Welles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So also, um, Orson Welles, a uh, huge actor in his day, like you know the the forties, fifties, and and sixties. Um, I know what you're gonna. I know what you're gonna say. He you're gonna say. he was famous, <laughs> um, for you know films like uh, Citizen Kane, which for film students mm-hmm. they consider it to be the greatest movie ever made. But Orson Welles, um, considered a a wonderkind in his youth, um, made the choice to play Othello and put on brown face. Now, Othello yep. is a play by William Shakespeare. And the main character, Othello, is actually a Moor, a, a black man. Um, and Orson Welles, this widely celebrated actor, you know, writer, director, um, and guess, you know, because he's of a time, decided to go uh, blackface for it. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, it's, it's the yeah. time, you know. It was the time. Yeah. Um, the the big one that went from black to white, so black people playing white characters, mm-hmm. not recasting, as in they were actually white in the um, in the film. Yeah. 
Uh, everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves singing the song, and that is White Chicks. Oh yeah, the the the, the Wayne Brothers. Yeah, with, with White Chicks. That that was. Um, I, I was surprised at the uh, not so noticeable outrage, and I was remember feeling like, "Whoa, this is this is weird." I, <laughs> but it was a it was a funny film. I think it's because that was the point of the film. If it's the case that they did exactly. it and it wasn't plot specific, then you'll be like, "Oh hey, oh ooh, oh, this is problematic." Um, but you know, do you know if when it comes to like cancelable casting choices, there's a there's a long list. We've mentioned quite a few a few of them. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm thinking of Brad Pitt, right? Um, doing you know an Irish character in yeah. in Snatch, doing like yeah. one of the worst Irish accents yeah. I've ever heard. But I guess because he's the dogs. white, the dogs. and Irish people are generally white people were fine with it you know people just kind of criticized the accent but like I, I think a lot of people just assumed yeah they they must sound like that right right which is terrible but do you think there's like performances that should be like straight up cancelled like unforgivable you how how dare you even do this unforgivable or like um the 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 minstrels mm-hmm. Back in the yeah, day, the minstrel, the minstrel show um, should be for... should be cancelled, and I think that's happening. Yeah. Can you can you think of any? Because we're, we're mostly talking about recasting, and I think you know we, mm-hmm. we can we can leave the show on on this because we've gone a bit long. But uh, we've mostly sh- talked about casting in terms of race. Um, what about casting in terms of gender? Gender changes, like I think it's funny that you said yeah. that because that's literally what I was going to move on to next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's quite a few because I, f- um, I feel like I'm I'm more than okay with like you know a, a character being a certain gender in source material and then changing it for the movie or whatever production it is because you know a perfect example is um uh what's the one with Charlize Theron uh 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 oh god what is it called that action movie is kind of like a female John Wick um oh um neon light one right? neon blonde or something like that um but also awesome, like awesome movie awesome action movie uh i feel bad for forgetting the name but i can't wait for a sequel for that but that was originally uh written in mind with a male lead and they swapped it to a female lead but um one thing i noticed i've been watching this show called american gods i don't know if you watch it ken yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, there's a character in it called Mr. World who is like the uh, one of the new gods in this story. I won't get into like breaking down the plot for the audience about American Gods. We can talk about that uh, another episode. But uh, for the first two seasons, Mr. World is played by uh, a, a man, uh, a white man. And the reason why I'm saying white man because it's, in, it's, it's important Um he was actually played by uh, the guy that was in the original Back to the Future that played the dad. Um, the weird thing is in season three, they started off that he's chosen the character who is a, he was a god with himself to change his appearance, appearance to be a trans, a black transgender woman. And the only plot specific reason for that is that <laughs> you need to be with the times, you know, um, it's not really great to be a white man these days if you haven't noticed and that lasts about a couple of episodes when you see that then he's met with uh he's basically goes somewhere else and meet uh bilkis another god 
and he reverts yeah, back yeah. to his white male persona and he just begged the question what was the point then yeah i mean either stick to it or just never in like, like never put it in the actual why series? so that specific is that it's not only <sighs> black that it's a woman, but not only a woman, that it's a trans Tony, woman. You already know what it is, man. You already know what it is. It's that bot, that just seemed like, a, a that's a weird kind of level of pandering, if that is pandering. That's right. odd choice. Again, um, I, I never finish reading Neil Gaiman's American Gods. If that's something that happens in the okay, book I'm you know then I hold up my hands I'm completely wrong if he changes himself into a woman well e- even if it was in the book the execution of the show was still it weird. was strange it, it just so it doesn't no I think no. I can only hope that there was something that uh, happened during production maybe um I think his the surname is Glover I forgot his first name um but maybe the the actor playing Mr. World originally couldn't actually shoot it I'm, I'm, i can only assume that the production happened during the pandemic and tested positive yeah. and they made a choice and their choice was like rather, I, I don't know we can infer we can guess yeah. but, but it just seems like the execution and the reasoning changed. and the yeah. switching back and forth seemed it was calculated but not the right equation and the wrong no. answer well that that, kind of, that, that plays a, a nice little part into uh, a nice little segue into you know the, the rationale behind swapping the gender of certain characters because mm-hmm. we've seen it uh, quite recently, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, we've seen it in the Ghostbusters reboot right. where originally it was male characters and now it's a completely female character. We've seen it in uh, The Doctor and Lost Lost in Space, mm-hmm. um, the Netflix show, um, which, you know, I actually do like. I think she was absolutely that. brilliant. I think she was no, amazing. She, she is. Can't wait for season three, yeah. mate. Um, we have Lucy Liu in as Watson in Elementary, yeah, uh, which is another great and once performance. Again, a nice performance, yeah. and we have Doctor Who, who became female. Yeah. So, but doesn't count as a Doctor. Doesn't have to be female or male. The, the, um, the thing about the but, the show is that the show has a long history. Yeah. They've never actually established that until recently that when Time Lords regenerate, they can regenerate into other genders. Sad thing is, for some reason, they can't regenerate into other races because we've never had a black doctor. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, but that, that, be, that could be coming it does, soon. I mean, the, yeah. sorry, it does bring up a, a wider issue because I can imagine there's a lot of people out there with the mindsets like, oh, why are they doing this? Why they keep on changing genders? This is just a, a political agenda. And it may well be. And But I think something is, should be said that a lot of people conflate the quality with a show with the choice of it being cha- the change of gender. I think a lot of the time it's got nothing mm. to do with that. At the end of the day, um, I had no problems with uh, Ghostbusters reboot. It's a reboot. It's a reimagining. Um, with them going with a female cast did not bother me. I actually love all of those actresses. The problem with that film was that the script sucked yeah with doctor they 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 allowed them to freestyle way too much on that i don't even think that was the issue because some of the ad-libbing was actually a lot better than everything else that seemed like it was scripted the whole point oh no no i'm I'm just saying that like there was nothing to to bounce the story like the story was trash so they had to rely whole solely on yeah so therefore that's not definitely and you know the the doctor who the same situation i've seen a lot of rhetoric about it being is sucking now because of jody um not jody foster um i forgot the actress's name but i i really like as well she was actually in uh an episode of black mirror 
um, the episode where you could use your eyes to to look back at your your life. Really good episode. Um, yeah. She was. She, I mean, she was really good, but it's just that the material sucked. Again, it's yeah, down to the yeah. material. A lot of the. T- well, that that's exactly what I wanted to say mm-hmm. because, like, you're absolutely right. Um, I I don't care. Yeah. I I I I genuinely don't care if it is a great story yeah. and it's respectable in terms of everyone that is part of the production. Yeah then have at it yeah. <laughs> do what you need to do be respectful and that goes back to everything we've talked about today mm-hmm. with um uh with the you know changing of race changing of gender yeah. um, cha- uh, recasting people for controversy or whatever whatever yeah. like tell me a good story of course like be respectful about it there's a lot of stuff that i want to talk about but i can i can see that the the time is running yeah. there's more mcu stuff but we may talk about that later on uh on a different episode yeah. Uh, but I, I've had fun so far, Tony. Like, um, how did you find this episode? I thought, you know, this episode has been a very deep episode. We'd, um, we started mostly into entertainment-wise. I think uh, it's good that we touched on, like, a deeper issue. I want, I'm want i more than happy to continue, like, a deeper conversation about this in a future episode. But all in all, I actually really, really, really had fun this episode. Um, I, mostly because of the back of um, the fun of watching uh, Vision going from something that I consider to be very poor to something that is actually considered to be really, really great. So I'm excited to even talk about Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman, not Wonder Woman, that sucked, Wonder Vision uh, in uh, <laughs> in the near future. So uh, when the show is all yeah. well and done, I think we can have a uh, another post review on that. But yeah, all in all, uh, I had fun today, Ken. Yeah, same, same. Um, I think it would be good for us to... Um uh, uh to, well continue in a similar format but yeah no I, I think it's nice for us to just think about right that wider aspect of some of the things that we do enjoy um and the implications and to come to some you know uh moral of the story mm-hmm. that's me circling back to how you know tv shows and sitcoms usually at the end of the day this is the lesson you have learned today yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I, I, I want people to take something away from these not just um you know fan fanboying over all the things that we love yeah. Just actually, let's think about it and, you know, dispute the the idiotic things that people do talk about and try and give a more inte- intellectual um, perspective to a lot of these things. Okay. So, yeah, no, it's been good, yeah. man. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it going. Episode 10. It's been big. It's been fun, man. Yeah. So uh, that is our episode, people. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Again, a reminder, could you please... Please, wherever you're listening to us, uh, feel free to give us feedback, get into those comments, uh, you know, follow us, uh, subscribe to us, whatever button that's up there and share us with your friends. You know, anybody that's like minded that wants to get involved in the conversation, it really helps us grow. And uh, uh, that's me signing out. Catch you later, guys. Adios, everyone. Peace.